years old and nine months yeah. all the way to eighth grade. And one of the yep. five-year-olds went home and told the parent, I said they had the worst class. <laughs> <laughs> and the person in the office was like, you didn't say that, did you? I'm like, no. I said they were the worst behaved class today. And yeah, so big they, difference. Yeah, they had my back. Good, good. Yeah. All right, PFC 186, we're in here. Fantasy talk for you guys uh, who love fantasy soccer to help you out with tips and tricks. We got myself, Tiki, and the expert, Bussington, Hussey. Mm -hmm helping us out uh, with fantasy, but let's get into it. Before we get into what to do this week, let's review how we did last week with our picks. Huss? Last week, I mean, we started getting back into where I want to be. The cells still got more points than I wanted to because, uh, who was it? Courtois. We said sell Courtois. He got six, but uh, that was also... Uh, because of the schedule, Chelsea had Stoke City. They also had Arsenal because I wasn't sure with Arsenal. But at the same time, overall, we did well. Buys got 17 points. The Keeps got 11 points. Sell got 10. And the crown jewel was the Risk Picks that got 25 points. Damn, there it is. Smashing yeah. out of the park with the Risks. Yeah, because, I mean, there was a lot of plays last week that we predicted to get goals, and they, they delivered, like Shakiri. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's a swing and a hit right there. That was a swing for the fences on that one. Yeah, man, he's so cheap, too, that that was a good return on him. Yo, and anyone that got Aguero, congrats, man. That was a huge pick. I mean, I went Jesus, obviously, but wow. Aguero that was went sneaky, off. Huh? That was, uh, we forgot how good Aguero was. Well, I didn't because I took negative four this week so I could have Jesus and Aguero. <laughs> Look at like, you. Well, it seems like every week it seems to be one or the other just going off. Yep. So yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm done deciding. Just take four. <laughs> so who's the other forward? Lukaku. Oh, Jesus. That's a power three, man. That is yeah. a power three. Actually, you know what? I kinda, I'm wondering what I have on that. I forgot who I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have Lukaku. Yeah, while you, yeah, while you looked at, yeah, cool, cool. All right, so last week the top performer in the league was a man by the name of Daniel Brinkett, who got himself eighty-eight points. Honorable mention to Andrew Martin, who got himself eighty-seven points. There are a few other guys who got points in the eighties. Absolutely doing work last week. It was a power week for a lot of people. But congrats to Daniel Brinkett. The lesser of the Brinkhead brothers. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. I always, I always have to bring it up. You and Keith are super cool dudes. We appreciate you both. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Brinkhead had Aguero as captain, so he got forty oh. points. So oh. forty points out of the uh, the eighty-eight came from one player. So if it wasn't Aguero, <laughs> Brinkhead would be having like an oh, like an average week, an okay week. Yep. He'd be getting like. You know, forty-eight to sixty points, but Guerrero exactly. popped for him. Yeah, man, good for him. Good for him. He jumped on before the rest of the world jumped on. Yeah, and then we got um, one through five coming up. So we got Ali FC Mohammed with seventy-two points. So he's leading the pack with three hundred twenty-six total points. Then we got Sean Maroney, A B C D F C. With 60 points, uh, sorry, 64 points game week, 
313 total points. Then we got Kevla Ravens with that icon that we still don't know how to do. Marty, you gotta you gotta let us know how you do that. And then we got uh, you got 66 points for the week, 307 total. Then I don't even want to talk about this guy's name. He's disrespectful. It's uh, he said Liverpool. Uh, what's that name? Liverpool's awesome. Uh, Evan. <laughs> Liverpool sucks is the team name. Uh, He got 76 points game week, 303 overall. And then moving down to fifth place, Wayne Violence Spiteri. Actually, you know what? You better change your name back to some sort of funny pun because you're doing better back then. Violence (laughs) has kind of been bringing you down. Yeah, it has. Um, You know, it's bad vibes, you know? Dude, he took a a massive risk on uh, Gundogan. Uh, he already has Gundogan on his team. I don't know what, <clears throat> I don't know what he was thinking, man. Uh, to jump on him that early, Gundogan's at an absolute ball, no question. But I think it's still gonna take another two or three games for him to find his match rhythm. But hey, you take a risk. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Well, Gundogan's at five five point four. Should just listen to us. We said pick up Davies, who on Southampton worth five last week. Would it get you more points? Just saying. Yeah. Just saying, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually tied in fourth at 303 points overall. He got 54 on the week. Nice. Nice. And I'll get into our PFC rankings. Uh, we got Hust leading the pack with uh, 68 points last week. He's in 10th place and a total of 286. Then you got Al in 48, uh, 41st place, who finished with 61 points for the week and 20, uh, 242 overall. We got myself in 52nd place uh, with 50 points for the week, two, 233 overall. Fareed in 62nd place, 65 points for the week, 219 overall. And in last place, Dragon as always, we got Tom, 68th place, finished with 57 points for the week, 207 overall. So the spread between us is not that big. Obviously, if you look at Tom at 207 and Huss at 286. That's a pretty big gap. But everyone else, I think it's still uh, – we're still in the race. We still have time. But, again, Huss showing why he knows his fantasy his fantasy stuff. So you guys should be paying attention when he talks. Yeah, Firmino let me down. Oh, my goodness. Firmino yeah, was a gamble. Hole. I'm looking in the 70s. Uh, but it is what it is. And hopefully Firmino doesn't go off in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to be pissed if Aguero gets like one goal and Firmino yeah. finds a way to get two goals and assist. Not going to lie, man. I'm hoping uh, Aguero goes through a bit of a drought. Ever, I love when uh, <laughs> when a player scores a hat trick, everyone picks him up thinking he's going to score another hat trick that next week. It rarely happens. So I'm hoping. I know you have Aguero house, but for competition's sake, I hope he drops. <laughs> well, it's not even about Aguero. It's just because City every week it seems that you know what we're just gonna put five on the board real quick, right? <laughs> so it's like it's, okay, it's crazy. I mean, I All got, right, let's. Who do I have? I think I have De Bruyne too. Yeah, De Bruyne, Jesus, and Aguero. So they better be getting me points. Hell yeah, I think they will, man. Those guys are beasts. All right, let's get into it, man. The buys keep sells. We go through each position, uh, starting with goalkeeper, moving to defenders, midfielders, and then forwards. And each position, we have a buy, a play to buy, a play to sell, a play to keep, and a play to take a risk on. Okay, so if we're going to get into it, let's get into favorable matchups this week. We have West Ham versus Spurs. 
Everton versus Bournemouth, City versus Palace, Southampton versus United, Stoke versus Chelsea, Leicester versus Liverpool. Non-favorable matchups, Burnley versus Huddersfield, Swansea versus Watford, Brighton versus Newcastle, Arsenal versus West Brom. So remember, non-favorable matchups, it's not that they're not going to get points, it's just the other matchups are going to be more likely to bring in points. So yeah. I'm not going to try to deal with non-favorable as much. I'm going to stay in the favorable as much as I possibly can. Cool. So with goalkeepers starting out buying, we got Pickford with Everton because he's only five. I mean, that's midway for a goalie, a little bit less than what he could do. He's only picked up by 9%. <laughs> yep. With Everton, they face Bournemouth. Burnley, Brighton. Those are three very winnable games. Oh, boy. We got like a hurricane over here. Something just blew over. Oh, my goodness. What was that? We got a ghost in the house. Yeah. <laughs> right, I need to shut those windows. Uh, <laughs> so, Everton, we got Bournemouth. I mean, they've been struggling all year. Burnley has been struggling to get goals. And Brighton, they're not the most potent, but they might sneak one in. But Everton, they just get off one of the worst uh, one of the hardest schedules, rather, in the yep. last four or five matchups. So I think Everton's about to turn around. I really think that they're about to turn on, the, uh, jump on the winning wagon. And Bournemouth is the first victim. So Pickford, you're probably going to get six points at least. Love it. Then we got uh, keeper. Well, huh, keeper for the keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. <laughs> we got check with Arsenal. Uh, again, they're in non-favorable matchups, but I don't know because West Brom, I don't know what it is about West Brom, but they just seem more shaky than other years. Uh, so yeah, Arsenal. I don't, I don't know if they're going to get as much, uh, <clears throat> as many goals this year. I know they have uh, Berahino who they're trying to get back in shape. No, not Berahino. Um, Chadley. Yeah. They're trying to get him back in shape. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how they do. I, I don't think it's a bad shot. If you have Petacek, keep Petacek. Don't dump him against West Brom. But like Huss was saying, you never really know with West Brom, and that's probably why it's an unfavorable matchup. And Arsenal right now is up in the air. Uh, they're a team with uh, a weird level of confidence. Um, they had a good showing against Chelsea, but um, before that, you know, they've been struggling. So I can see why it's a rough matchup, but definitely keep check. And Chadley for West Brom real quick. I mean, once he comes back, if he gets back into form, he's only 5.7, so that'd be a good pick for future. But there's been um, some also. I mean, there's rumblings that he wanted to leave West Brom. So mm -hmm. without him, he was he was a great spark for them coming over from the Spurs. Uh, so I don't know what West Brom's going to do. They try to bring in a couple guys, but really, I mean, they also uh, let Fletcher go to Stoke. Yep. They brought in Barry. So it's I still kind of like Fletcher a little bit more than Gareth Barry. So um, so I don't know exactly what West Brom's going to do this year. We're only five games in but I still like Arsenal a little bit more. So, uh, oh, so check was only 5.5 pounds and then 5.4% on them. Getting it to nice. seven, we have Butlin. So Butlin, five overall, 4.4% uh, on them, but Stoke is facing Chelsea, Southampton, City. And those three right there, at least two, they're probably gonna lose. Yeah. Maybe not uh, because they tied uh, United 2-2. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, they're probably still going to score. 
Yeah, and we're talking we're talking goalkeepers here, so clean sheets are important. So, like Huss is saying, Stoke can definitely show up for the big games. Uh, they've been known to be a bit of a cock block for the Giants, and they definitely you know slowed down a fiery Man United. But United got two goals that game, so Butland lost his clean sheet. So to Huss's point, yes, uh, Stoke might play spoiler and uh, somehow manage to get a point uh, from Chelsea, but I don't think it'll be a zero-zero game. And, I mean, the next two games are at home against Chelsea and Southampton, too. Southampton's a... It's a toss-up. Yeah, it's yeah. a toss-up. I mean, out of nowhere, Redmond might just go for three goals. And it's like, oh, yeah. those are the three goals that he's going to have for the next, like, two months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Fabianski is the risk. we got Swansea going against Watford. As Freed oh. says, the team to watch. Um, and then you got West Ham, Huddersfield, Leicester. Those are four games that no one knows. Watford, they were doing well, but then just got absolutely annihilated, destroyed. Basically, they were gutted by City. Then you got West Ham, who's just been up and down, or actually down then up. <laughs> <laughs> and Huddersfield, they've been very – probably. I don't know if they've been the most impressive where Newcastle is doing well now, but – They've been very good this year. They might be the second or first uh, best promoted team or most impressive promoted team because they've been handling their own really yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Leicester. <laughs> Who knows with Leicester? <laughs> they just beat uh, the Liverpool B team. But Okazaki comes up with a goal. You never know who's going to score with Leicester. Yeah. Uh, they get that late penalty with Vardy over the week. I mean, that worked out well uh, for fantasy talk, because we, we said he was going to score. But at the same time, you don't know with Leicester. So Swansea, Fabianski at 4.5, only 6% own him. I, Take a what? risk. Yeah. Take a risk. Ooh, I, I'm still like, do I want to keep him at risk? <laughs> but I guess that's the definition of risk. Yep. <laughs> and then let's get into defense real quick. you got to shout at this guy. I know he's been really good lately. Um, the Newcastle defender. Uh, Lascelles, he oh, might not do geez. anything, but I have to show him respect because he's been so good uh, recently. They have to say buy this guy at four point six. Still very very cheap for defenders, uh, and only seven percent own him. Newcastle has Brighton coming up, so that's a pretty good shout for a Newcastle uh, clean sheet. Liverpool's coming up after that. Where don't count on it, but at the same time. Liverpool going away to Newcastle. We've seen them struggle. They struggled against Wofford. They struggled against Burnley. So this is the type of team that Liverpool probably struggle against. Yeah. And then you got Southampton, where we already talked. No idea. And then Palace, Burnley, Bournemouth. So for the next six matchups, this guy's looking pretty good because he looks like the threat that's coming out of the back. Yep. And then keeping... I hate saying this guy's name. Uh, Alderwelder. <laughs> Alderwald. <laughs> I can't say Toby. That. Just call him Toby. Yeah, Toby. That that's a waste of time for me to try to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so uh, he's he's six. So he's very expensive for a defender, and he's owned by thirteen point six percent. But Spurs are facing West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. I mean, you can buy him for the next three weeks. 
selling right before Liverpool, United, uh, Palace, Arsenal, and then picking yep. back up once they face West Brom, Leicester, Watford. But for those three matchups, West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, those are three matchups Spurs have to win. Yep. They have to win. They, they can't take a draw. They can't waste the time with that if they're going to be in the top three this year. Uh, look at Liverpool right now. They wasted their time drawing to lesser teams or let's say lesser teams. I mean, every team in England's pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, Spurs, if they do bad or poor in these next three games, I, w- I wouldn't say kissing goodbye, but yeah, with the, worry. With, the, with the way Man City, Man United, and Chelsea are playing, Spurs can't afford to, to stumble over the weaker teams. Like them drawing Swansea in a goalless draw, that's absolutely unacceptable if they want to be title contenders. So the good thing about Spurs is that the defense will never really be in question. Um, I'd say out of 10 games, they probably get clean sheets at least seven of those 10 games. They just have such a lockdown defense and a world-class goalkeeper as well. It's that offense, man. When Harry Kane doesn't score, it's very hard for them to find someone else who scores on the regular. Sure, Hanman Son scores uh, when he can here and that Dele Ali scores, but so far Dele Ali's been napping this year. Son has popped up here and there, but I always say he's not a regular. Um, I don't think he's a good sub for uh, for Kane. And you got Lorente, who also came in. He's still trying to find his feet. So offensively, I think Spurs is going to struggle this year. Obviously, they have Harry Kane. I think he'll be one of the top forwards in the league. But to win a title, you need more than one guy scoring your majority of the goals. You almost need one guy getting over 20, another guy getting 15 to 20, and then everyone else can be spread out from there. So they need a guy to help out Harry Kane. Tottenham is not in trouble, but like you're saying, has Tottenham is really stumbling, um, and it's a bit nerve-wracking to watch them right now to see if they can actually get out of this, this uh, slump they're in. It's almost like they picked the worst time to get a new stadium because they're doing, this is this is probably the golden age yep. of the Spurs for the next 10 years or so because if they don't do anything this year and next year, there's a good chance that multiple people will be leaving. Agreed. And because Agreed. they switched over to Wembley, because they got the new stadium, because White Hart Lane, the fans were just straight on the pitch. It was an environment. Wembley is not the environment for Spurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not – I mean, they even said it uh, last game, I want to say, or maybe it was the Champions League, where they said that the full 90 weren't taken up. They had seats tarped. Uh, there's very few teams in England that will sell out the 90. United yeah. probably will. Chelsea, I think Chelsea could. Yeah, uh, Chelsea could, especially because they're a London club as well. Yeah. Um, they probably probably could. They won the title last year. Like They've been good for a long time. I think they could definitely uh, not sell it out every game, but come pretty close. Yeah, and it's probably the top three, City, yeah. United, Chelsea, especially yeah. if, they're, if they're facing each other. I mean, Spurs, that's, it's too big. It's too big for that team right now. Yeah. And if only they could have waited or got the stadium a little bit earlier, that's a different type of situation. Yeah. Uh, cool. Moving on to sellers, we got Charlie Daniels, Bournemouth. Now, if you look at their schedule, Bournemouth has Everton away, Leicester home, Spurs away, Stoke away, and then Chelsea. I mean, they're home, but it doesn't matter. It's Chelsea. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, they have two home matchups. Leicester, who is a surprise team. And then you also have Chelsea, 
where it doesn't matter whether they're home or away, they're gonna come and they'll probably beat you. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, we, Charlie Daniels, he hasn't been a bust this year, but he hasn't been racking up points because they can't get the clean sheets. Uh, zero clean sheets for the year. He has one week over two. He has two, one, seven, one, two for points. That one came against City with that remarkable goal. But realistically, how many times is Charlie Daniels going to score a goal like that? Yeah, yeah. So that's a once in a blue moon. So he's 4.9. He's gone down because he started off at five. I would say cut bait now because it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Because uh, even after Chelsea, you have Newcastle and Huddersfield and Swansea. I know that they're uh, promoted teams or Swansea's a lower team, but they're still going to be aggressive. They're still going to be coming at Bournemouth. And if they don't find some way to get chemistry up top, and find a way to just get clean sheets. I mean, I know that kind of sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> if they can find a way to play defense <laughs> and play offense. <laughs> but the point of it is Bournemouth is struggling at the moment. If they don't find a way to turn it around, I mean, come December 12th, they're facing United Liverpool City. So they better not waste time with Newcastle, Huddersfield, Swansea, Burn Burnley, Southampton, Palace. That's that stretch. That's the stretch that you want to buy Daniels from November 4th to December 9th. If they do not do anything there, it's hard to see them not getting relegated or finishing below 15. So going on to risk. Well, I guess it's not really a risk, but I want to say risk because you never know who's going to play. Who? But I picked Otamendi. It's 5.6. He's a little expensive for me as a defender. 10.7% owned. City is facing Palace, then Chelsea, then Stoke, Burnley, West Brom, Arsenal. So I still think City's going to win all those games, even against Chelsea, even though it's at Stamford Bridge. Mm -hmm. But you never know with that defense. They can be at times leaky. This year they've been actually pretty good, but with, um, with company back – uh, he's actually hurt at the moment. He has a calf injury, so he's 75% chance of playing. Uh, so Otamendi and Stones will probably play, but in the future, you don't know. Maybe yep. Pep really likes Stones. Maybe Otamendi will take a stupid dive, or maybe you get a stupid red card. You never know because he's always dropping a, a point with a yellow card randomly. Yeah, he's a bit unpredictable. He's a bit of a wild card, um, but he's good, man, and City's good this year. Yeah, so I, I'd say... This is actually one of the most comfortable risks <laughs> yeah. that I think I've ever picked, and I'm actually kind of regretting it because I kind of like taking that that high risk pick. But Otamendi, yeah. uh, he's probably going to be a good one. Midfielders oh. for buying, I have not had him this year, but I'm going with Ericsson. He's at nine point seven. He actually leads. Uh, the midfielder for, uh, for the Spurs for points in fantasy. And Spurs have West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth up. We already talked about it because of Toby. Yep. 27.3% on him. This is not a surprise pick. This is not a pick that is going to amaze people, but this is a pick that says this guy is on fire this year. I mean, getting the ball to Ali, getting the ball to Kane. This is the type of guy that he'll just consistently – quietly get points 
33 points on the year. Uh, he has 12 the first game, 7 the second game, 3 the third game, 8 the fourth game, and 3 the fifth game. So even on the days that he doesn't score or assist, he gets a clean sheet. So he's still getting three points, which is very good uh, yeah. for someone that doesn't do anything uh, when it comes down to goals or assists. He's one of those guys where we're saying if Tottenham doesn't do well, he's one of those guys who are, might leave. You saw at the end of the transfer window, there were rumors linking him to Barcelona. Um, so with that, he could potentially leave if Tottenham doesn't really have a good year. So keep an eye on him. This guy's world class or he's on his way to world class. Um, and the world is starting to recognize that. Yeah. And, um, Barca has been linked with Goretzka from a uh, shocker, the German, mm -hmm. but he's still pretty young. So I could very well see them taking, uh, Ericsson now or next year or the year after, because he's going to be in his prime. Goretzka, there's also a huge link to Munich, so you never know, or sorry, Bayern, so you never know where he's going to go. I would not be surprised if Ericsson is wearing, what do you want to call that, the blue and maroon? Yeah, it's like the, uh, I forget how to say it in Spanish, it's like the Blavanga, I forget, but yes, the blue and the maroon. Yeah, there's zero chance I can say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we'll have some Barca fans, uh, let us know in the comments, how do you say it again? What's the word, the blue and the maroon, essentially, <laughs> the blue and the red. Uh, <laughs> moving on, keep Salah. And oh, when I say keep, one. I mean, again, this is not very surprising. But at the same time, he didn't play midweek, so I'm assuming he's going to play the weekend. Um, he's 9.2 overall. Just like Erickson, even if you don't want to keep him forever, maybe just pick him up and gain some points because Erickson started at 9.5, now 9.7. Salah started off at 9, now 9.2. He's owned by 33.7% of the people. But again, this is almost, hopefully you get you some points and hopefully it just makes you some money so when you do sell, you can sell them at 9.5, maybe even 10, depending on how good he goes. Yep. But Liverpool, they, I mean, coming off the um, midweek loss to Leicester, again, this is Liverpool's B squad. I mean, Vardy wasn't playing, but Slamani was playing. Uh, Ndidi was playing. Okazaki came on. This is not going to be the same Liverpool that you see, even though Hendo is playing. But he he was eh, – I don't know. I don't know about Hendo. This is not a review, but we're not going to get into the game. But, yeah. but you have Leicester and Newcastle coming up. Both away. Both are teams that Liverpool seem to struggle against. But even if they lose or tie, Salah seems like the player to have when it comes down to Liverpool. Yep. Uh, after you have United, Spurs, Huddersfield, West Ham, Southampton. I'm not going to go down the whole line, but even against United against home, uh, sorry, United home, and then Spurs away, those are those are the games that Liverpool seem to just show up. Mane will probably be back for the United game. That's the game that we're going to see full effect. I think Coutinho is going to have a few games under his belt. He's going to be starting with Firmino, uh, Mane, and, and Salah. Salah. Yep. I would not be surprised if Hendo and Chan or Chan and Wijnaldum or two of those three players will be playing a 4-2-3-1. If they play the 4-3-3, I understand. But I really want to see Coutinho in front with people, competent people behind him to just say, go up. Be, be that Iniesta player. Do those uh, stutter steps. Get that shot off. 
pass it to the left, pass it to the right. You have two of the fastest players in the league. You have Firmino, yep. who's very comfortable playing with you. So I want to see him in the middle. I don't want to see him playing the left midfield because over midweek, he was playing left midfield. No, no. Ox should be playing midfield. Coutinho should be playing the wing when Mane or Salah aren't playing. Yeah, so I agree. Hopefully he plays in the middle. Um, moving on to Sell. I got into that one a little bit. <laughs> that was passionate. <laughs> Passion. I love it. Selling Sigurdsson, Everton, 8.3 price, 4.1% own. Look, the only game that Everton won this year, Sigurdsson wasn't even on the team yet, or he wasn't playing at least. Um, and the only team that they drew points besides that was a tie. They drew to City 1-1, and Sigurdsson only played 29 minutes. Am I saying Sigurdsson's bad? No, but we might be seeing a little bit of a Robert Snodgrass last year in full effect. We saw Sigurdsson at Tottenham, wasn't the greatest. Went down to a lesser team where he was the guy, great. He moved up again, and it just seems to be off. I know that they he just got, a hit, got up here, but once they started moving players around, him with Rooney, I, I just don't, I don't know right now. I'm not yeah. sure if he should be starting. Yeah, all year he, uh, <clears throat> he's he got no more than two points the whole season. So they started him basically from day one. Um, he got 29 minutes for that uh, for the, his second game. Then he's been playing 90 ever since. But like you're saying, Huss, he's not really as productive as he was at Swansea. And it might take a bit of time. We're not saying Sigurdsson's a bad player, but we're saying for now in fantasy, because this guy's so cool, you should probably sell him. I mean, that's that's definitely one reason why when Swansea was doing poor, we're saying where could Sigurdsson go. I didn't prefer him on Liverpool because someone actually said Liverpool should actually look at him. No, I didn't like that because he's not that type of player. He would slow things down for Liverpool. And I'm not sure if he's slowing things down for Everton where, where you have Sandro on the bench. He hasn't done much this year, but when when he played with Rooney, they got that win. Maybe mm-hmm. Sandro up top with Rooney is better, so he can run around, be that threat up front, and then coming in late would be Rooney with that header, which won that game. So I'm not yeah. sure if I would pick up Sigurdsson, and if I'm Coleman, I'm not sure if I'm picking Sigurdsson to start in the starting eleven. Cool. Risk. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird that he had such a year like last year, and now he's a risk. Oh, boy. Alexi Sanchez. Oh, and I that's like not that. even about him. That's like about that. Arson. Is he going to play? No one knows. <laughs> like, it's like, so crazy, Huss. It's so crazy. You have Lacazette and Sanchez, and these two have yet to play together. What, what is Wenger up to, man? Like, honestly, is he, is he like Mr. Burns in his office? Like, yes, yes. I, oh, <laughs> right? I have a plan. <laughs> they think I'm starting my best player. <laughs> I'm not. What are you doing? What, what is going doing? on, dude? What is going on with him? It's ridiculous. Ooh. I got an right. idea. I'll bring him in in the 67th minute so he's fresh. <laughs> start this guy, man. Start this guy. Start Lacazette and start Ozil or Danny Welbeck. Start those three together. Let's see what those three can do for Arsenal, man. What is Arsenal's overthinking this whole thing? And Welbeck's out now for till mid uh, October. So in this glass, man, 
that's that's another ridiculous thing about Welbeck, man. Constantly, constantly hurt. And it's always muscle injuries. It's rarely like contact injuries. And it's it's just sad to see, man. He's pulling at Jack Wilshire. Or or Sturridge, I think I forget who yep, it was in our Sturridge. group that, that threw that out there. I mean, he hasn't had that one great year that Sturridge had, but everything else has been very similar. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm actually waiting for this. I'm waiting for this weekend to see that Alexi's starting with Giroud. <laughs> you know what? Haas, you're joking. It's it's freaking possible, man. It's absolutely possible with Wenger. And That'd be what, so funny. Even if he wants to start Giroud because Arsenal's playing West Brom at home, they are a tough defensive team. Play yeah. two forwards. They're not going to come and, and kill you down on your end. Play two forwards. Yep. Giroud, play play um, Lacazette, or like I said before, I think it was a couple weeks ago, play Lacazette and Alexi up top together. Yep. Yeah. Those two together would cut through, just absolutely slice and dice, chop suey style defenses. Like, Yeah, I agree, man. Those two, the movement, the trickery, the, the finishing ability. You saw Sanchez uh, score that Sherlock goal, like – he doesn't need much room. And uh, West Brom, like you're saying, they're they're defensive team and they're the tallest team in the league. They're taller than Man United, believe it or not. Um, so bringing in Giroud, I can see why. Maybe help out on defensive set pieces. But I say, man, screw those set pieces. Put two fast, fast guys at the forward position and make those lanky defenders work. Oh, yeah. And even, look, even if he wants to play Giroud, him and Lacazette would be aerial threats up front for offensively because yeah. Ozil should be coming back, should be playing this week. So with him delivering the ball, I still like how fast Lacazette and Alexi get the shot off. Just yeah. boom, boom. They take a step and they shoot. Giroud yeah. is a little bit slower. He needs to take that maybe, you know, a little extra touch. Might have to wind up a, maybe that one second that, that has that deflection. He's great up in the air. Lacazette seems to be a threat aerially. But if he, if Alexi Sanchez could just do a move, get by someone, and just <clears throat> push the ball across the box, Lacazette will be the finish. Yep, yep, I like it. Uh, only two point four percent own Alexi Sanchez. That, like that, yes, it might be time to take a risk right now. Yeah, that just blows my mind for the fact that maybe the best player or best offensive player because Conte won EPL Player of the Year last year. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best offensive player last year is only owned by 2.4%. Crazy. Now, getting to forwards, we already talked about this guy. Um, he's an obvious pick. Aguero. Going, what is he, a buy? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 11.6. Uh, he was at 20.5. Let's look at that real quick because if – my assumptions are correct. He should be owned by 30 right now. And he is still at 20 point. Oh, he's at 20.9 now. So I don't know what people are waiting for. He's only 11.6. Uh, I think I got, I think I bought him right before the, the jump in price. I think I bought him at 11.4. <laughs> nice. Nice. Got him in nice and early. <laughs> Garbage points. <laughs> I didn't get the point, but I get the price. But, um, City, they're facing, Ch uh, sorry, Palace at home. That is just that, oh, that three points upon points. This, if they did what they did to Watford, if they did what they did to Liverpool, true is ten men, 
when they scored the the other four goals. Yeah. But still, they scored. If Palace do what Palace does, <laughs> <laughs> Big Roy has a problem on his hands. We might act. I know Dude, we might see 10 goals. We might see 10 goals. <laughs> That's literally what I was going to say. Is it absurd to say that we might see double digits? No, not with Crystal Palace playing the way they are and not with Man City. You literally have the worst team form coming in and playing against the best team form. Like, they couldn't be more opposites. And Palace doesn't even have their star man in Zaha. If they had Zaha, okay, maybe something could be pulled off. But they don't have offense. They don't have defense. But watch, man. The soccer guys are listening to us now. Watch. Watch Palace pull some kind of crazy upset. Yeah, like a one nothing. It's like yeah, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna play That's like not- an eight eight one one, and then somehow <laughs> they're gonna get some sort of break and yep. score. Yep, and then defend the rest of the game, man. And balls are gonna hit the post, cleared off the line, crossbar. It might be one of those games, but odds are, let's get back to reality. Odds are, this is gonna be minimum five five goals for Man City. Well, if they're going to do that, they need Zaha to come back, and they need it to be raining because last year when they had those upsets and they started winning, <laughs> I think Zaha had two goal, oh, sorry, two assists and a goal that came from like slipping. Yeah, and he like hit the ball as he's <laughs> slipping, and it happened like two or three times. And it's like okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then also um, Suarez, or I don't know how to say his name. He's coming back for Palace. He's a guy. <clears throat> he's. He's pretty much like Cresswell last year for West Ham for me, where mm-hmm. he's not a game changer, but he changes things up because before his car crash or his motorcycle crash, I forget what it was. It was a car crash, yeah. Yeah. He looked like a player that I was hoping that Liverpool was going to look at for that left flank because yep. he he's good. Yeah, Senegal, I believe. So, um, he's just athletic. He's just that African athletic, I'm going to run there, I'm going to run back. I'm just going to keep running by you and you're not going to run by me in the 90th minute because I can run for 280 minutes, which yeah. I, it always seems to happen. He's a beast. Oh, yeah. Keep also, I mean, again, it's not a, a surprise pick. Marata. I mean, here, Stoke. Stoke away. Chelsea is facing a tough team away, but Marata seems like that spark. He seems like that guy that Diego Costa was last year, where if it's zero, zero out of nowhere comes a break, comes like a crazy shot or just dispossesses a defender goes and scores. Yep. Yeah. He's good, man. Murata's good. Struggled the last few games, but you're looking at Chelsea Hazard's back now. Um, So the assist, the supply to Murata is going to increase significantly. So yeah, keep him. Keep them. And then uh, after that, they got City at home. That's going to be a tough game. So you can just keep them because he's not, look, he's only 10.2. And that's crazy low for a good forward. That's, um, you know, that's Lacazette money right there. Lacazette and Morata, I believe, are that low. Then you got Jesus at 10.5 or whatever he is now. He started out at 10.5. That, those are three players that together – when they started the season, were 30.5. You'd be saving six or seven points just by getting those three instead of a Lukaku and a Kane and Aguero. It's crazy how cheap those players were. Um, who were they playing? Oh, 
Palace away, Watford home, Bournemouth away after the City game. So those scream points. Maybe not the Watford, but the other games. Just I, yeah. I don't I don't see Morata going anywhere right now. He's just going to score goals, I believe. Love it. Selling Defoe. I do not care about the goal that he scored. It wasn't him that changed the game. It was Jordan Ide that changed the game. And I'm not saying that because Liverpool has a buyback clause or whatever <laughs> or anything like that. I got a soft spot. I don't even have a soft spot for him. I was hoping for the best because when Liverpool sold uh, Sterling, I was hoping he was going to come in, but he, he was just – he wasn't a fraud because he was so young, but you could see that he wasn't ready for that level. And look, Jordan Ibe, I'm not the hugest fan because – he, I don't see him getting in on the wing if he came back to Liverpool anyways. Yeah. But Bournemouth, I mean, look, Eddie Howe came out saying that they need to get the ball to Defoe, get the ball to Defoe, because yeah. inside the 18-yard uh, box, Defoe turning and shooting, there's not many better in the league than him. Yeah. Yep. Just turning and straight-up shooting. But they can't get that chemistry. We already talked about during Daniels. Uh, and I just, oh man, I just realized I, I'm selling two Bournemouth players this year. I mean, this week, I didn't even know that. Um, dump them. Yeah, <laughs> but I just don't <laughs> see Bournemouth. And, and how, like I said, to go, give it to Defoe. I still don't see it because they don't have that that spark. Josh King was that guy last year that just seemed unstoppable. They were just always running at defenders, always seeming to get that shot off. And I don't know if he's just trying to play the ball too much or then – or there's like a riff. They just don't have that chemistry yet. So right now, Defoe, I'm sorry, but at 7.8, I would try to invest a little bit more money and get Firmino, even though I, I sold him myself to get Aguero, but at a cheap price, you can get Firmino for roughly the same. And um, uh, with with the fixtures for, for Bournemouth, they're not crazy hard, but they're not easy. You know, they have Everton coming up the way, Leicester at home, Spurs away, Stoke away, Chelsea at home. So... Just those five games, man. I'd be surprised if they won more than one. Maybe they could steal something from Leicester. Maybe steal something from Stoke. But even then, I don't know if it's it's possible right now with this Bournemouth team choking a bit. So, yeah, for now, I'd sell Defoe. Keep him on your watch list because he's definitely one of those guys who's good for 15 goals. Um, we just don't know when those 15 goals are coming. So, for sure, keep him on your watch list. But I would say I would agree with us and say sell him for now. It's not... His schedule is not friendly. The team's not really playing well. And at 7.8, that's a lot of money. If he was around 6 bucks, keep him. Why not? But 7.8, like Gus is saying, you can look at a guy like Firmino, who's on a team that's way more offensive and uh, will produce a lot more goals this year. Yeah, and, and for Bournemouth, I think the magic number for points in the next five matchups is five. If they get anything less than five, I would say be disappointed. If they get any yeah. more than the five, be be completely happy with that. But at five, I'm looking at a win at Leicester or Stoke and then a draw at Everton and the other team. I mean, it's almost inevitable that Spurs and Chelsea are probably going to beat them. Yeah. Yep. And then the risk, the last last pick of the of the week, Everton. Your boy, the one and only Wayne Rooney. Love it. 7.5. He's extremely cheap. I would actually sell Defoe, bank that point three, 
and get Rooney instead of him. He's 15.8% owned. You get everything going at Bournemouth. Or actually, Bournemouth at home. Burnley at home. Brighton away. And then Arsenal seems hard, but they can do damage against them with a free kick or even just that, that lofty header that he had early in the year. Lesser away, Watford at home, Palace away, Southampton. I mean, it just goes on and on. They don't have a ridiculously hard fixture because they just had the hardest start to the season of any team with the yep. yeah so i don't blame rooney for not scoring let's look at his points real quick but when it comes down to it i see rooney scoring not maybe not this game but soon he's due he's definitely due he had two two goals um um one against Stoke, one against City to start the year. That's when Al was freaking out, thinking he's probably going to score 30 goals. They <laughs> <laughs> got Chelsea, Tottenham, United. He didn't do anything against them. But that we understand that because, look, they're really good teams. But with these teams yeah. coming up, I think I'm predicting at least one goal between Bournemouth and Burnley. I'm not sure which one, but he's going to get a goal between one of those games. Dude, and he's a great long-term signing. Um, the next ten games they have are all second uh, below the second half of the table, except one team in Arsenal. Everyone else below below that tenth spot. So uh, Rooney might not score against Bournemouth. He might not score against Burnley either. But between these next ten games, I've, I'm seeing at least four goals for him, um, especially because he starts with his team. They all try to work around him. They realize his, you know, his reputation. So everything's always, you know, trying to help Rooney or trying to put Rooney in the best position to help the team, I should say. Um, so Rooney, definitely a sneaky little quiet signing. Like I said, not a lot of people own him 15%. So he could be that difference maker. But he's a risk. He is a risk. There's no doubt about it. So let's get into captain pick. One safe pick, one risk pick. Safe pick. I think it's inevitable. Has to be Aguero. Look, I know they scored three goals last week, but midweek he didn't play, so it's not like he's coming right off of that game. Uh, and my risk pick is Salah. And I say that because if he plays that right side, you got Foots, who may not, may not even play because he has some sort of eye injury. He's listed at 75%. So if he doesn't play, then Chilwell will probably play. And there's not many defenders, even the most seasoned, that can actually mark Salah. Maguire is having a great year, but he's going to have to be helping whoever's on that left side all day against Salah. And this guy could go for at least two, maybe, maybe two and assist. You never know. Yeah. yeah, he's a beast. I love those shouts. And there you have it, guys. Uh, another week of fantasy talk wrapped up. Um, tell your friends about this. If you're into fantasy, for sure, uh, spread the word. On our episodes we're getting great downloads great response from you guys so we definitely appreciate the support we'll keep these coming we'll keep these going helping you guys out for fantasy um i play a lot of FanDuel now and i set up a, a pfc league in FanDuel. so if you want to just go to our facebook and scroll down you'll find the pfc uh, FanDuel link um so this for me this is an exercise i would be doing even if we weren't recording this show so for sure uh i'm grateful that huss is Hustra Thomas and sees the future. And, you know, I take a lot of his advice too when I'm putting together my FanDuel team every week. I'm like, oh, yeah, Hussey said this guy. And I can tell you most of the time it pays off. So 
thank you for the support. Keep listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Anything else, Bus? Uh, not really. Thanks for thanks for the shout out. But don't forget that you're the one that won the league in FanDuel last last week. That's true. Yep, making that money. <laughs> what do you want that money? Yeah, fifty bucks. I, I play the small leagues. I don't. I don't. I usually don't do any entry fee greater than five bucks. Um, I do it for fun. I'm not trying to, you know, get rich. It's not my retirement plan. It's no, that's just more of a hobby. That's totally cool because what? How, what'd you pay for that? Uh it was a four dollar game, four dollar game entry fee, and I made fifty bucks. I mean, guys, that's huge. Yep. FanDuel's great. They're supporting us, so you should support them. Absolutely, man. So thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you over the weekend when we're doing the EPL review. Have a good one.